0: God, he tells this story about Dave and Lynn Phillips. Uh, they were really talking together and feeling like, all right, God, what do you want us to do? What's something that you want us to run after? Uh, what, you know, put, show us the passions of our heart. And they started to realize that some of the passions of their heart was this that they really loved, the they wanted to get the gospel to the next generation and they wanted to be able to serve children. So they decided that they were going to start a foundation. They were were going to uh, start something that they could really begin to help kids. Now, this was out of the regular for Dave because he was a quiet person. He didn't really like to be in front of other people. And he knew that if he took this step, it was going to require... Some things that felt kind of awkward for him, but he was willing to step into it. So in 1992, they started uh, this children's, uh, uh, really children's home, children's hunger fund. And as they began to work at this, six weeks into it, he gets a call from this guy from Honduras, this pastor who says, Hey, Dave, I've got these seven kids, they need this specific medicine. And uh, can you help me to be able to get this medicine? And Dave's on the phone like, I don't even know where I can get this medicine, but I'll try. Let's pray together and see what happens. So they pray over the phone. Dave hangs up. And before he can even take his hand off the receiver, the phone rings again. So he picks it up. And it's a pharmaceutical company from New York. And they said, hey, we've got 48,000 of this medicine the exact medicine the honduran pastor was just asking him about we have forty-eight thousand of this that i'd love to give to you eight million dollars worth of medicine that i'd love to give to you if you feel like you could have some use for it only god right only god and so he says yeah that sounds great and they said we'll fly anywhere in the world that you need us to and so within 48 hours Dave was able to get this medicine to these seven children who needed it and get it to 20 other locations to begin to help people. What a neat story about how God works. And here's the neat thing. There are only two companies in the United States that even made that medicine. And and here's what I want you to see in this as we begin to talk about the Holy Spirit again. First off, Dave and Lynn they were being obedient and sensitive to the Holy Spirit in their life as they uh, laid their prayers before the Lord and they said, God, what do you want to do in our lives? How do you want to stretch us? How do you want to use us? Have you prayed a prayer like that recently? And then in the same way, we see God moving. We see the Holy Spirit connecting dots before prayers were even prayed, right? How cool is it that, that this Honduran pastor would make this call, and and then all of a sudden it's just, boom, it's already there. It's already all taken care of. Our God is amazing. Our God is powerful, and he can do things that we couldn't even dream he could do. But are we willing to quit thinking about our own power and our own abilities and begin to think about the power of the Holy Spirit? The the power of our God and how he can work and do amazing things in this world. You know, as we've been talking about the Holy Spirit, we're in week three of it. And today we get to talk about spiritual gifts. But up to this point, we've talked about this idea of who is the Holy Spirit. Week one, we talked about this idea that the Holy Spirit is a person. Jesus refers to him as a he. uh, We see in John. And we also saw that the Holy Spirit is God. Now, there is one God and that God has these three personalities, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the, in the Holy Spirit, we looked at how uh, the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit with the same type of language. It talks about God, how he's eternal, how he's everywhere, how he's all-powerful. So we saw that he's a person, that he is God, and that he is personal. Right? When we give our lives to Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of us. God himself helping us take the right steps how amazing is that and and jesus told us and this was week two that when the holy spirit comes that we will receive power power and so we began to talk about what does it mean when we get the power of the holy spirit in our lives what that means is that one God has us in this place where if we rely on him, we can begin to fight temptation. We can begin to to walk not under our own power, but under his power as we try to live our life for Jesus. But the big reason why the power of the Holy Spirit begins to work in our lives, so that we can tell people about Jesus, so that we can get people to Jesus. The Holy Spirit leads us in this world in order to help Jesus' kingdom grow. And so today, as we begin to talk some more about the Holy Spirit's power, specifically these spiritual gifts, we're going to be camping out in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So if you have your Bible with you, you can feel free to turn to that. We'll also have it on the screens. But uh, verse 1, I feel like, is a great introduction, uh, even to the sermon as well. When verse 1 says this, Paul's writing uh, to uh, the Christians in Corinth, he says, Now, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters... I do not want you to be uninformed. I I feel like this could be the theme verse for why we uh, are spending five weeks talking about the Holy Spirit, right? In the same way of us saying, hey, we don't want to be uninformed about uh, how the Holy Spirit can work in our lives and move in our lives and and do these amazing things because so often we feel comfortable talking about God, we feel comfortable talking about Jesus, but we don't talk about maybe as often the Holy Spirit, right? This this part of God that's huge and amazing and personal in our lives. So he writes to him, he says, Hey, I don't want you to be uninformed. Now, now I love this because it, he, he kind of like jumps into this whole conversation about spiritual gifts, kind of like, Hey, you've been waiting for me to talk to you about this. And in chapter 11, he just got done giving all this instruction about how to take the Lord's Supper, how to take communion with the right heart and the right mind. Now he's like, All right, new topic. The gifts of the Spirit. Let's talk about that now, and, and let's kind of explain these things, right? And so, uh, he, then he kind of gets into first talking about their hearts. Now, as he begins to talk about their hearts, uh, look at what he says in, in verse 2 and 3. You know that when you were pagans, uh, not followers of, of God there, somehow or the other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols, I feel like this verse is kind of funny in the sense that he's like, listen, there's these false gods that people literally crafted with their hands. They made them up and then said, hey, that's a god. Worship it. And those gods do nothing. They don't talk. They don't lead. Nothing happens. They're mute. And somehow you started following them. And he's writing this to them. But then I realized in my life how many times... Have I given power or or, or given uh, myself over to things that's like, these are pointless. This does nothing for me. But there is a one true God that does do life with us, that does walk with us, that does communicate with us. And so uh, with this, he says, hey, don't forget. There was that one point in your life where you were led astray by literally fake things that were made, that were mute. Therefore, I don't want you to, to know, or therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except for by the Holy Spirit. He's kind of laying out right away, He's saying if at any point you, when you take this step to accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the reason you're taking that step is, is because of the Holy Spirit working and directing you towards that. And in a similar way, if people are not speaking about Jesus, if people are unwilling to claim that Jesus is Lord, then they don't have the Holy Spirit in them. He's kind of laying this base work for us. See, as we begin to talk about this idea of the Holy Spirit in our lives, one of the things that I want us to realize before we talk about these gifts that are given to us by the Holy Spirit is that uh, many times when we think about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we begin to think about maybe some of the ones that um, movies are about—miracles, right, or or healings that happen. Or maybe you begin to think about gifts of the Holy Spirit when it comes to people speaking in tongues. And they're kind of using this weird language that you don't understand and maybe even freaks you out a little bit. And you're thinking like, is that really a gift of the Holy Spirit? Right? It doesn't sound like anything. And if you weren't brought up in a church like that, like I wasn't, then that might seem a little scary or strange for you to even think about this gift that's praying in tongues, and what does that even mean? And and sometimes we just think that when we talk about spiritual gifts, that maybe it's just some of those things. But I think that for all of us in the room, maybe not everybody, but for most of us in the room today, my hope is this, that by the end of the sermon, you will have uh, this kind of feeling like, oh, I didn't know that that was a gift of the Holy Spirit. And, And here's my hope as well. My hope is this that by the end of today, God will have laid it on your heart as we go through these 18 spiritual gifts that are given to us, that God will lay it on your heart and say, if you're a follower of Jesus, that is, hey, I've given you this gift, or I've given you these gifts, and then I hope God asks you this question, what are you going to do with it? All right, because the, the gifts of the Spirit, it's different than the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, which we'll talk about in coming weeks, it is something that uh, you get all the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience. It comes with the Holy Spirit. But when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit, they're specific. They're individual. God gives them to you. And so uh, we're going to get to dive into some of that today. And so uh, when we look, uh, continuing on in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 3 and on, it says this. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. And so Paul is pointing out to us here, he's saying the gifts of the Spirit, they're unique. But it's the same God that's giving them. It's the same spirit at work. Even though you might see uh, somebody do something different led by God, there's only one God that's giving out those gifts. And so once again, what is that unique gift or or set of gifts that God wants to give you? Now, here's what I'd say. We have to ask the question, well, why does God give out spiritual gifts? What's the purpose for it? And verse 7 begins to lay that out for us. It says this. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given, here we go, for the common good. For the common good. Now, uh, verse 7 is just a simplistic version of what other scriptures point to is this fact. We receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit in our lives, not so that we can be great or do special things we receive the gifts of the holy spirit in our lives for the common good of others so that we can serve other people so that we can care for other people so that we can meet the needs of others there's only uh, one of the gifts that is listed that we'll get into that is actually more of a of a private gift in a sense more so used uh the majority of the time between you and god and not so much in a public fashion But all the other gifts that are listed, and really all of them that are listed, so that you can engage with other believers in Christ. So that you can uh, pour into their lives, so that you can serve the church. And I don't just mean our church, but I mean the church, like believers in this world. But then also so that we can serve people who don't yet know Christ and help them to get to know Christ. It's for the common good. It's not so that we can be special in some type of... way. So what do these gifts begin to look like? We're going to get to to read through several passages about this here in a moment, but I I want us, before we read these passages out of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, Romans chapter 12, Ephesians chapter 4, as it lists out these gifts for us and we begin to, to really look at each one of these, I want us to realize this. That in every instance, in these three sets of scriptures that we're going to look at, it's interesting to me that when Paul, who he ends up being the writer of these, these three areas, as Paul writes about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, it's always in conjunction or very close to a writing about love and a writing about the body of Christ or, or the unity of Christ. I think this is really uh, unique for us to be able to, to hear in this moment because uh, there's times when, when people have tried to hold up certain spiritual gifts and say, oh, this one's more important than this one, right? M- maybe you've thought about that before uh, as, as you've watched uh, different talents that people have. Uh, if you're a football fan, maybe you looked and you're like, hey, the, the role of quarterback is more important than the kicker, right? Like, what's the kicker do? He barely practices. What's going on here, right? But then when the game comes down to a few points and the kicker lines up, you're like, all right, he's important just for this moment, right? Just right now. And then he misses it and everybody hates him, right? But <laughs> it's terrible. And sometimes we do this with the Holy Spirit, right? Uh, there are certain denominations that, that, that would say, hey, speaking in tongues, Every person has to do it, but that's not what the Bible says. See, different gifts are uh, given to, to different people, but they're all given by the one God, for him to be glorified in this world. And so when we see this teaching about unity, about the body of Christ in Romans chapter 12, when we see it in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, in connection with this teaching of the Holy Spirit, Paul is simply trying to, to say this, that all these gifts are different, and God has given them to the body of Christ for different reasons, and they all matter in their own specific way. Without them all functioning together, it wouldn't be the beautiful bride of Christ that it needs to be. Uh, the gifts work together to create unity. But the gifts also uh, are taught with love. So often, think about um if, if you're familiar with 1 Corinthians, we, we get this gift uh, teaching in chapter 12. And then, chapter 13 is the chapter all about love. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast. And then, chapter 14, it does a deep dive uh, for us on what the gift of prophecy is about and what the gift of teaching and in, in speaking in tongues is about. And so uh, in this passage, what we're constantly seeing is that when the spiritual gifts are wrote about, preached about, it's always in connection with this unity theme and with this idea that the gifts don't matter if you're not using them with love, if they're not led out with this idea of it's all about loving other people. We've got to understand this it's all about us getting out of the way and letting God work in our lives. So let's begin to dive into what some of these gifts are, uh, starting in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8 and on. It says this, To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. There's one of the gifts. To another, a message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing. By that one spirit, to another, miraculous powers, to another, prophecy, to another, distinguishing between spirits, to another, speaking in different kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are, at, are, are the work of the one and the same spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines He distributes them, God distributes them, the Holy Spirit distributes them. So another list of some of these gifts are actually uh, verse 28 of the same chapter. It says, and God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Now, when we look at Romans chapter 12, it gives a similar list for us, but I just want to uh, make sure that we're being exhaustive and looking at these three different lists that we see from Corinthians, from Romans, from Ephesians. It says this in Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And then Ephesians 4, 11 is the shortest of them, but some of the same uh, types of, of um, positions are listed. It says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. And so as they begin to to line all these out, like I had said earlier, there's about 18 different gifts of the Spirit that we see in here. And once again, I hope that you begin to ask the question, hey God, which ones do I have? God, which ones uh, do you want to develop in me? And what do you want to do with these gifts? So here's what I'd love to do is with the remainder of our time, uh, I want to go through these gifts with you and, and just give some some brief ex, uh, explanation of what are these gifts about like uh, you know what happens in, in the way that these are used now this will it could spend all day if we were really going to get detailed with this right but we're going to do this in about five minutes so we're going to run through these and, and I just want you to kind of get a good feel for what are these gifts and and has God put this in my life now remember as we go through these, the first step in order to even begin to have this conversation, saying, I've got to give my life to Jesus Christ and let Him be the leader of my life. And us not work under our own power, but working under the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And then take a step like we saw today, the step of getting baptized. So powerful. All right, so the first one I want to look at is prophecy. Now, this one is kind of creepy to us at times. Right where where you think about the one side of prophecy is this when when literally, God will tell somebody who's been given the gift of prophecy uh, something that's going to happen in the future, and that person will be able to speak that into the life of somebody else. Now now some people would say that prophecy uh, ended in script in Bible days, but uh, it, it seems like when when you look at how the Spirit's actually practically working. And, and how he uses this in the life of people, and when I've heard testimony of people uh, talk about prophecy and how God gave them a word for somebody else, it seems like it's really working in today's age as well. But this is one of the ones that sometimes it is used by Christians that are lying, right? where they want to make things up for you and they want to share something with you uh, so that they can look good in some type of way. I think it'd be really awesome if God gave me, you know, this gift of prophecy and I could just be like, yep, these numbers, you're going to hit the lottery, right? Or, Or, you know, I don't think it would work that way, right? But this is something that God still uses. And sometimes we get jaded with it because we see people using it in the wrong way. And know this. I'm not perfect and none of you are perfect. And so when we see these instances in the world and we get upset with some of these things, know that that's a time for us to pray, not for us to get jaded about some of these. But with prophecy also, it doesn't always just mean the foretelling of something that's coming up. It also can simply mean teaching the truth about uh, Jesus and, and making the word of God come alive as well. So another gift is serving, Some of you, you are so good at at just seeing something and knowing needs that need to be met, and then you enjoy actually meeting those needs, right? Like you're the one who you're going to get the meal train started. Like you're like, all right, we're doing this. I'm calling everybody. We're getting food together. You know, know, Susie, she's going to feel loved, you know, and you just start serving people and meeting needs, and you notice them. Have you ever wondered why that is? It's because the Holy Spirit is is revealing some of those things to you. Uh, One of the gifts is teaching. Now, when it comes to teaching, this is uh, something that uh, you may think to yourself, well, uh, hey, I I can teach or I've been teaching for a long time. But this is the type of teaching where you say, all right, it's not by my own power and my own strength, but it's me saying, all right, God, you've given me this gift where I can begin to lay out the things of the Bible in a clear way that children or youth or, or adults would begin to understand your truths in a new way now teaching is another one right where where uh every sunday honestly i i begin to to ask myself the question hey am i coming up here trying to to line things up with my own um way of doing things or is it something where i've really said all right god how do you want to direct this how do you want this sermon to go because it is one of those things where, where you can become good at it or, or somebody could stand up and they could be, um, you know, really just have a personality that's exciting and, and loud or, or, you know, whatever is engaging for people and they're doing it under their own power rather than under the power of the Holy Spirit. I, I was talking with my uh, life group last week and I, I said, man, there have been times that, that I have uh, taught a message and I've thought to myself, that was terrible, right? Right? And then somebody comes up and like, man, the Lord just really spoke to me there. I'm like, yeah, I figured he was going to speak that it was terrible to you. But the Holy Spirit was moving and working, right? All right, another gift is encourager. And some of you, you're so good at doing this. Right, you just see things, and, and you see somebody's, uh, you know, just countenance or how they're how they're walking. You think, man, I need to go encourage him or her. And, and you notice things that other people maybe just notice and think, no, I don't need to talk about that to them. But you'll go up and you say, man, you did awesome at you know fill in the blank, or I really like this about you. And you just have that gift of noticing those things. Another gift is giving. And it's interesting that this would be a gift, that that God would give some people. And oftentimes with the gift of of giving, uh, God also provides this uh, opportunity for you to make the money in order to give that as well. But sometimes those two things don't go together, but God just shows you different ways that you can be giving and gracious to other people. Another one of the gifts is leadership. And maybe you haven't thought about this. But maybe for whatever reason, uh, in your adult life or in your life as you have pursued Christ, uh, God is just giving you this ability to lead. And people look to you for some reason, for direction and organization, and God's giving you this mind in order to put things together and, and to really call people to, to kind of uh, accomplish new things. How does God want to use your leadership in the kingdom? Another one is mercy. Mercy. Now, some of you need to start praying for the gift of mercy, right? But others of of you, you're so good at it. You're quick to forgive. You're willing to have empathy and see in somebody else. Uh, You're like, oh, this is what's really going on in their life. And you're able to to, uh, give them some grace because God's given you this gift of mercy. Others of you, uh, you have the gift of wisdom, and it just seems like uh, God has, has given you this ability to look at situations and know what the right thing to do or say. You're really good at counseling people and, and helping them make better decisions. Other of you, you have the gift of faith. When it comes to faith, uh, you're like this person who's like, yep, God will take care of you. You're like the ultimate optimist for God. Like, he's got it. You're like, no, I'm literally going to die. You're like, no, nah, he'll take care of it, right? Like, you just have this faith that God's going to take care of it, and then even when it doesn't turn out the way that you had hoped that it was, your faith is still like, well, God's still amazing. He's got, like, and you just have this amazing faith that really, honestly, makes life easier for you. Because of just this constant, God's got it. He's taking care of it. Uh, Another one is healing. And and sometimes we we think to ourselves, "I, I feel like I've said this statement before, like, well, if I had the gift of healing, I'd just work at a hospital and just walk around. You know, like, have you, have you ever heard that before? But here's the truth. Like every one of these gifts that we're talking about, it's not something that we just call under our own power. All right, God, now it's time to heal and do this. As God has used this, right, it's in his timing. It's not the person's choice. It's God saying, hey, let's take this step. Let's do this thing. And we don't get to choose that, but God does these amazing things in people and through people. Another one of them is miracles. That'd be pretty neat to have that opportunity to be able to just do miracles. Another one is discerning spirits. I know of this pastor. I don't know him personally, but we've, you know, he's taught one of my classes before and he's friends with one of my friends, so I get to hear stories about him all the time. And And this pastor, he always ends up being in this position where he has to discern spirits, where literally he's had to cast out demons of people and, and those types of things. And, and on my end, I'm like, how does he always get into these situations? I remember talking to my friend about this. Like, why does he keep running into these situations where he'll get a phone call at night where, where the police are like, hey, come out and deal with this. And then he ends up going out there and, and he has this moment where he's, it, it, there's spiritual warfare going on. And honestly, this week, as, as I was studying this once again, I was like, oh, that's one of the gifts of the Spirit. Like, that, this, is, this is the answer to my question. Or like, how does he always get in this situation? Well, I guarantee God's given him that gift to be able to do that. Now, I would, uh, you know, those are scary situations, it seems like. Another one of the gifts is speaking in tongues. Now, speaking in tongues, I feel like, um, you know, is is talked about at different times, and it's something that's confusing. You know, one of the things that Paul talks about is, one, that he spoke in tongues. Uh, he also talks about this fact that speaking in tongues is not a greater gift than other gifts. In fact... Uh, you can get in and read in first corinthians chapter 14 and, and read all about uh prophecy and speaking in tongues and in this paul's actually encouraging he's saying hey this really needs to be done more in a private way the majority of time when when somebody has the gift of speaking in tongues it's this prayer language between them and god but then there are some occasions where it would happen in a public setting like this, and the only time that that it would be an appropriate uh, setting is for the next gift. The next gift is the interpreting of speaking in tongues. So someone speaks in in kind of this language that maybe sounds like gibberish to you, that you don't fully understand it, but then somebody else stands up and says, hey, the Lord laid on my heart that, that this is what's being said in this. Now, I know that that may feel kind of uncomfortable, or it might be uncomfortable if you experience that, but man, God works in all of these different ways. So another one of the gifts that uh, is listed is just this gift of being an apostle. Now, some people would say this, that um, an apostle was really only people who got to see Jesus, But I think that there's another version of this since it's listed with the gifts where it's really this dedicated follower of Jesus as well. But they can't really pinpoint exactly what it means with the spiritual gift of apostle. Um, Some people would say a special spokesman for God, essentially. Um, Then just to go through these last three really quick evangelist. And preacher-teacher is listed on the same one. And then the the last one, which we actually pull out of 1 Peter, uh, that we'll talk about is hospitality. Some of you just really have this gift of hospitality, and it's it's a gift that can come from the Holy Spirit, where people walk into your home, and they just instantly feel comforted, and they feel like they belong because of the hospitality gift that God has given you. Now, I know that that's a lot of information that we threw out and, and talked about all these gift, different gifts. Why did I walk through it like this? One, because I, I want you to be able to say, God, which one is kind of piquing my interest? God, which one are, are, are you kind of saying or a or, or group of them that maybe I have in my life? I also wanted you to be able to hear just how God is working and moving in all these different ways so that as you spot them in other people, you might be able to encourage that in them. Now, here's what I want uh, you to hear and think about. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, it says this, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy have you ever seen a a talent in somebody you're like man I wish I had that I wish I could be that fast I wish I could throw that far in a very similar way but in an even better way we should do this with the gifts of the spirit right in this it says eagerly desire the gifts have you had that kind of desire lately like, sometimes it maybe even feels wrong. Like, really? Like, isn't just something God's supposed to give me? God says, eagerly desire it. If there's some in that list that we talked about, then you're like, man, it'd be awesome to have that. Begin praying for it. Maybe it'll be something that God says, yeah, I want to give this to you to use it for my kingdom. Because once again, you getting a spiritual gift is not for you. It's for the common good of believers. It's for unity in the church. It's for love. So how do we begin to be sensitive to this? How do we begin to to really say, all right, God, I wanna be used by you. I wanna live for you in this way. It's simply just being open to it, praying for it, and beginning to to walk down that road. It's all through the Holy Spirit. Let's not live by our own power, but let's live by God's power in our lives. Let's pray, church. Father God, God, we admit that your ways are higher than our ways. God, there's so much that we don't understand. There's so much that we don't know. But God, you are so good that you would create this personal connection with us through the Holy Spirit. God, you're so good that you would give us gifts that you haven't given us at birth, but God, that, that come with a new birth that, that comes with your spirit. God, help us as Christians to not live under our own power, but to live under your power. God, help us to know these gifts that you've given us and begin to lean into them. God, I pray that we would be a congregation, that we would be a church, that people look at and say, there's something different about them. And what that difference would be is us being led by your Holy Spirit. God, we would have people that were just encouragers and servers and givers and, and all the things. God, I pray that you would raise up leaders in this church. God, that others would look towards them, wanna be led by them, and that they would come to know you because of that in their workplaces, in their homes. God, unleash your spirit, Lord. Let it lay in our hearts. God, it's in your son, Jesus Christ, name that we pray. Amen. Let's, let's stand church and worship our Lord.